We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parham. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome in. MPW Digital postgame show presented by Dead Soxy. We'll get to them in a uh, in a second. We'll call Jeffrey Wright here in a minute as uh, well. Ole Miss falling to Arkansas 42-27 in a game where the Razorbacks were up 35-6 at halftime, 42-6 there at one point early in the third quarter after Rocket Sanders took off for a uh, one of his long runs and touchdowns tonight in Fayetteville. Amazingly, Ole Miss uh, 703 maybe total yards, something like that, and lose by 15 points. I mean, just ridiculous stat line. They run for over 400 yards, I think, by the end of the day. So uh, just a crazy game in a lot of ways. Ole Miss got behind early. The officiating was pathetic in the first quarter, but that was not all that went down. Ole Miss did not play well. Arkansas just gashed them there in the uh, in the second quarter as well. So um, a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff going on, and it kind of opened it up. We'll talk to Neil whenever he gets some of the press conference. What's been a crazy week, a weird week, um, a week full of Lane Kiffin, Auburn talk. You know, th- th- this is a worst-case scenario for that because Lane is fine with his name in the media. Lane is fine with his name involved with lots of rumors and lots of things. If you think that he's back at Ole Miss next year um, – then it's easy to say that maybe he did a lot of this stuff from an NIL standpoint to generate interest. Um, you know, but when you don't talk to your team, you don't talk to the media, you get a contract that has gone unsigned and you allow these kind of things to fester. This is the type of game that is the biggest issue with that happening because right, wrong, or indifferent. And look, we're, eight, we're all 85 players or whatever, all one thing. No, but perception, you're bringing in – was the team flat? Did they have a hard time getting past Alabama? Were they distracted from the week going on? There's so many different things that do at least come into play from a talking point standpoint when uh, when when you're down 36, 35 to six, 42 to six, and with the way that that Lane handles these kind of things, I mean, it, it at least brings it where it is a very very valid question. 
to the point that there at the end, I mean, I, I tweeted about it a second ago, the SEC network crew um, talking about Ole Miss or Auburn, um, bringing up Lane Kiffin's job status, talking about potentially taking players. I mean, things that typically you don't get on these broadcasts, especially from an, an SEC network standpoint. But also just the, I guess, PR, the, the, the perception, whatever it is, that just wholly inaccurate. You know, you look at it and – they mentioned Auburn having a new football facility. They mentioned NIL. Um, Ole Miss has moved into a really good spot from NIL in the last week or two. They've got more corporate sponsorships being announced. If the AL.com report is correct, and I have no reason to think it isn't, Ole Miss might even have more money than Auburn in NIL right now. The Manning Center is being finished next year, next summer in 2023. It's a very even playing field in both those ways. And that was a national broadcast that just went completely one-sided there. And I'm not, I'm not picking that in doing this Pollyanna thing. But what I'm doing is that everything that's been handled through this process allowed for these things to come out once, once Ole Miss got behind, once it looked like this. Um, just kind of the way the game played out overall today. I, I just kind of found that found that somewhat fascinating. So again, we'll take your calls. Um, Got some thoughts, got some different thoughts in a, in a lot of ways here as this uh, the night goes on. Probably won't be with you. We'll, we'll stay with you for a while, but I'm not going to go crazy. Uh, again, 42-27. Quickly, because they paid the bills, let me tell you about um, dead socks. Because you need socks no matter what. No matter what kind of mood you're in, Christmas and different things, you can buy more and save more. You know the code's Rebel Grove. Uh, 25% off if you, uh, if you do $50 worth of socks, free shipping. 30% off with $150 of socks. And then if you go crazy, go ahead and take care of everybody. Do it all at once. $250, it's 40% off with free shipping. That's code Rebel Grove. And then they're also doing the uh, the player NIL socks. They are a Grove Collective corporate partner. Early access granted there. Uh, Troy Brown, Mason Brooks currently on your screen there. The first two. A couple different options from a uh, sock, from NIL standpoint there, from Dead Soxy. So Dead Soxy, great socks, great company. Love their stuff there and appreciate them, as always, uh, taking care of uh, taking care of us. So it's Dead Soxy, 25% off with uh, with Rebel Grove. So, yeah, I, it just it's a, it, it's, it's been a weird night, uh, weird game. Let's get Jeffrey quickly. We'll do to him. Uh, go to him. Neil, what could be a... At least an interesting press conference because there's there's no way you can go through Lane's press conference given the what SEC Network said, given the way the week went on. I, I have to think Lane will be asked some semblance of question from the things that you would expect, the things that uh, you would want him to at least have to address here um, moving forward. So give me one second. Take care of that. Appreciate you the stream, everybody hanging out on the show. Um, I know you obviously didn't have a great night from a uh, from a game standpoint. It's kind of late, so thank you for spending some time with uh, with us tonight. I really appreciate it. Just trying to do what Neil did and call the wrong uh, the wrong number. Good evening. Jeffrey, how are you? Oh, I am doing well. How about yourself? I'm all right. I'm fine. I'm not as tired as I thought I might be. I actually feel feel pretty good. Um, a lot of stuff here. Let's jump into it. I um I, I'm reviewing the chat. I'm watching what you guys are talking about. Um 
I mentioned a second ago, when we get into some actual game minutiae, if you want, in a minute, but the big picture is more the story at the moment. Ole Miss down 42-6 to six at one point, down 35-6 to six at the half, and I'm not blaming him. He can do whatever he wants, but as I said a second ago, the way that Lane handles job openings has channeled the week, the way that you sort of you know just let panic generate through, this is the worst-case scenario because when you do that, you don't have the same type of capital when you're in a game like this. When you're winning, it looks really good on a lot of levels, but tonight was a pretty bad night for Lane Kiffin in some ways. So I think that's a fair point to make. I guess what I would ask is, why was this not the same? So I, I just go back to when I was working for y'all and um, when I was there every single day. Why was this not the conversation when Arkansas beat Ole Miss 30 to nothing uh, in 2014? Because it was the same thing. Um, It's a valid question. Bo was hurt. Do the quarterback thing. I mean, yeah, but, yeah, but, 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 um, I guess, I guess what I would say is if Bo played, they were still getting beat. But uh, yes, they were getting beat before Bo got hurt. But once Bo got hurt, it became what it did. I guess the argument would be when Bo got hurt, at least it motivated Hugh to go get Chad Kelly. Oh, it definitely did that. It was the reason. But, I, and I think, and look, maybe it's 2022, maybe it's 2014. Maybe I'm forgetting a little bit, as you mentioned that, because you had sent it to text earlier, and I probably should have given it a little more thought. But, you know, Hugh was a candidate at Florida, and he was probably going to take the job before he got sentimental after Mississippi State and all those type of things. It, it's very, very similar. You're right. I think Lane brings more national no, 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 attention no, no, no. than you. Chase, Chase, Chase. Yeah, I get, let, me, let, me, let me stop you right there. I was sitting – so I brought it up on Thursday for a reason. I was sitting next to Neil when Neil confirmed that he was going to be the Florida coach. And what people don't understand – Remember how well Ole Miss played against Mississippi State? I, I think what people don't realize is, and I had friends on that team, um, they basically called a players-only meeting, and basically it was F. Hugh Freeze because he's going to Florida. We're playing for ourselves. My point is it's the exact same situation, but it does feel very – it feels way more dramatic right now than it did then. It's because and of I the think national it was the exact media. Same that, it was more internal where here it's completely external. And it's all anybody's talking about to the point that – I mean, it's impacting the broadcast the last five to eight minutes. And I think that speaks to the power of Kiffin, right? It does, sure. What does it mean, though? But I mean, uh, I don't think the. To be completely honest, I don't think the, the job question had anything to do with tonight, but maybe I'm wrong. You mean I mean the I, I talking about it? Well, I'm just talking about the like the actual game. Like I think what happened tonight is they sucked in the red zone and. You could also you know, and I, and I'm not one to deny it. There's no there's no denying that the officiating changed the red zone result. But in the end, this sport is about what do you do at the end of drives. And Ole Miss ended up kicking field goals on the end of drives while Arkansas got touchdowns. But you know, uh, I don't think the team. I don't think the team 
underperform because they were worried about whether or not their coach was going to be there. I guess that's what I'm saying. No, I think – and I don't think I do either. I, I think there's a lot of factors to this. I mean, if you told me there was something outside of tonight that most affected them, I would say it's they played Alabama last week and their expectations and their goals changed and they had a hard time and they were a little flat at times. And then when you had the officiating that clearly impacted the game and it sort of spiraled there early, it kind of went sideways a little bit more than the lane thing completely did that. I mean, look, let's be honest. Coaches and players are mercenaries to some extent here. But – I yeah. thought it was interesting last Saturday to Monday that Lane, who typically is, hey, one game, one game, one game, one game, that's all that matters, we're not doing Super Bowl stuff, the Alabama game is bigger to him, and he even admitted, hey, it's been a little harder to let it go, I'm going to talk to you guys on Monday and then whatever. I'm not sure he had the same message for his team, not even on purpose, but just the ability to do that. If something was kind of weird – I think they got caught into a weird environment and they didn't let Alabama go and could not reset given how things had changed when the West was gone and all those type of things. I mean, I, if there was a coaching faux pas, I think it's more that direction. And I would also add, you know, I mean, I don't think this team's built to play in cold weather. Like, you know, you hear about Lane, Lane and his – like, I do think one thing that's obvious to your point is the team follows the lead of the coach. When the coach is miserable because it's cold, I think the team is. Then you also factor in a quarterback who's not from this area. And to be honest with you, it speaks to me. As someone who, as soon as the temperature dips below 50 degrees, he's miserable and he thinks he wants to die. I mean, Jackson Jackson even admitted, he's like, I don't like playing when it's cold. It's from Utah, though. It's been cold. Southern He's from Southern Utah, but isn't he from Southern Utah? Still a Utah. Southern Utah's Nevada. But they had 700 yards of offense. Yeah, no, and, and my point is they didn't finish in the red zone. Um, now, you can make the argument they didn't finish in the red zone because of the calls and whatnot, but like, I mean, that's to me like that was the difference tonight. Arkansas, it felt like they finished every drive with a touchdown, and Ole Miss didn't. Did you I'm trying to think where to go with this? Big picture on this Auburn, whatever, we don't know, all that kind of crap. Just overall, what's your take on this last week? I mean, if you just had to have gun to head. What's Lane's motivations been for this? Uh, man. Um, I don't know, because I got thrown for a loop when John Cohen had to come out and admit, because the number that everyone had been throwing out was like 13 or $14 million in the war chest for NIL. When Cohen came out and said $7 million, didn't that kind of make you pump the brakes a little bit? The AL.com report had to have some verification to it for sure. And I guess that's the point of this that's been so amazing is that, you know, Chris Lowe puts that tweet out. He admits later on that he was being hyperbolic, but there's been no correction at all whatsoever. I mean, it still was sort of became fact. And that's what that's what's allowed some of this to happen is it's just this weird certainty 
that Lane Kiffin is going to Auburn from everywhere. And now, look, maybe he is. I, I'm not saying he isn't. But you're searching for reasons in weird ways at this point because the facility thing is crap. Ole Miss has a new facility come out in 2023, too. Auburn does as well. You've got the NIL situation that is completely similar, if not maybe Ole Miss having more money right now if that AL.com report is there, as I said in the, in, in the, in the preview before we came to you a second ago. Yeah. Yet – for some reason, there's this weird antiquated thing where it's just, oh, my God, better job, and he's gone, and all those sorts of things, where it's it's creating this, this strange media public vacuum that might not mean a hill of freaking beans. It might be absolutely nothing, but – and I'm not saying it's swaying lane, but it's swaying public opinion in a way that, frankly, just doesn't make sense, where if Lane leaves, he's leaving simply because he wants to leave. There's no incredibly valid reason. I mean, it's the irony of this. And now, look, maybe Lane stay in five more years. I don't know. My point is, if he goes, his only really valid thing that's even not valid then, it's the irony here. I think I said this to you in a text. He like would probably use a game like this and go, oh, God, see, you can't get it done. It's like, well, it was kind of your fault. No, I agree with that. I guess, to me, the, as I try to like take it in this entire week, I do wonder, is this part of the reason why the SEC is the best league in football is the same reason why this is so overdramatic, this is so life or death, this is so, like, I do wonder, I do wonder if we're going to look back in two weeks and go, hey, man, the obvious answer was Auburn really Auburn might be a better job, but Auburn isn't an, a better enough job to, like, sacrifice everything that you're doing. Now, another thing that I also thought about this week, and I don't know how much y'all talked about it, so I'll just riff right now. You happen to take a look at Ole Miss's schedule next year? Yeah, Georgia replaces uh, Kentucky. So they go – to Alabama, to Auburn, to Georgia, correct? Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess I guess so Van- if he was home. Because sure. Vanderbilt – well, Vanderbilt's going to be at home, and you always split your east. Yeah. Your east team is – what you always split your east. So, it's to Georgia, to Bama, to Auburn, and uh, – who am I forgetting? So, Georgia, no, Alabama, Bama, Auburn. State, and – State. Yeah. So, is there the possibility of, hey, you realize, in the end, all people care about is the record, and your record's going to be worse next year, and people are going to go, oh, did Ole Miss take a step back, when reality is, Ole Miss probably won't be that much different of a team this year than they were will be next year, but I do wonder, you know, schedule dictates your record. Like, I do wonder... I do wonder if, like, that's the thing with him. And if you're going to Auburn next year, hey, every no matter what you do, you're going to probably do better than they did this year because they went five and seven. And, like, I wonder if it's almost like a narrative thing where, hey, you just go and you restart the clock and you're going to be in a better – you're going to be in better position. Because that's the other thing I would say. If he goes to Auburn – I don't think he's going to Auburn as a destination. I think he's going to Auburn to kind of like reset the clock a little bit. Is that fair? 
I mean, that would be the one reason if you did it. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it, it would be simply because you get the honeymoon period and you rebuild the yeah. I mean, all that stuff where you're not. I mean, I'm using air quotes here in his mind stuff yeah. or whatever that would be. Yeah. To to be clear, Chase and I are talking out loud. Like these are conversations that he and I have, you know, via text message a lot. But I mean, I understand that's what y'all want us to do. So. Uh, I don't want to like feel like I'm sidestepping the question. I still think, I still think there's a decent chance we get here in two weeks, and we see that Lane's signed an extension for ten million dollars. And at that point, he's not losing capital over tonight. No, if anything, it's like, oh, he picked us again. Yeah. Because this is I this is the conversation that I've had with Neil. I think what everyone forgets is Chase, we've done this every year. We did this after the COVID year. Mm-hmm. Oh, Auburn. Like I think this is yeah. I think this is the Lane Kiffin cycle. And so um the question becomes, is this the Lane Kiffin cycle by design or is this Hey, you know, you're dating a hot chick and everyone wants to date the hot chick. So like, you know what I mean? Like that to me, like those are, those are two very different, uh, realities. Do they need to win the egg bowl? Does it matter in any big picture situation? I mean, in terms of like, uh, do they need to win the egg bowl? I mean, obviously we'll, lift them in the bowl, uh, the bowl tier. And I think if you win the egg bowl, that means you're going to Florida, which means there's a decent chance. I might be able to convince the old man. Hey dad, there's a stream song golf trip. Like you've been begging for a stream song golf trip. Like let's get the family there. But in terms of what does it matter? No, their season was decided last week, dude. Like in terms of the season, but you know, wouldn't you rather go to a warm place for a bowl game than a cold place? And I think that's what it's, I think that's what, I do think that's what Thursday will determine. Yeah. Uh, Neil's moving around. Let me uh, go a couple of calls and I'll go to him. I appreciate it, bud. All right, buddy. All right. Later. I think Neil's going to be through quicker here in a minute. He was trying to get done out of the stadium. So let me, um, We'll open it up real quick, and then as soon as he tells me go, we'll uh, we'll go there. So give me one second to uh, to do that. And I get that sounded like a dumb question. I mean, obviously Ole Miss needs to win the Egg Bowl. That was not the uh, that was not the point. Uh, I, I, if you were sending super chats, I literally could not see them uh, the way my screen was set up. So I apologize for uh, for that. Hotline's up, 662-259-7556 is the number, 662-259-7556. If you'd like to call in, we'll talk to you guys until Neil is uh, is ready to go out of the press conference. I think, he, I think he's going to tell me he's ready as soon as it's over, so that's why it's pretty quick. I wanted to, uh, to move that along a little bit there. So uh, phone lines are open. I'd like to call again, 662-259-7556. Six is the uh, who's on the line? 
Hey, Chase. Wow, I can't believe I got first. You did. <laughs> this is Eric. How are you? I'm good, I guess. Uh, doing all right. How are you? Man, I'm making it. Um, You know, last week, whenever we lost to Alabama, I wasn't, like, too mad just because it's Alabama. But, I don't know, this game made me mad. Like, really mad. Um, are you mad about I just the game and the more. blowout, or are you mad after the way the week went? No, the week, I, I feel like you and Neil kind of prepared me for how the week was going to be. You know, the way y'all talked about with Auburn and everything, I thought, okay, yeah, this is possible. I get it. Um, y'all didn't give me false hope, which I like. <laughs> but I don't know, man. I felt like this game was just like, all right, you know, we might be a little sloppy, but I didn't know we would be this sloppy. That's just the shock to me. But. Well, it's, I it, it's I mean, where it brings all the perception in. I mean, it, it's where, as I mentioned, it's where it's that deal of, you know, when you look that sloppy. And it, look, it's the sloppiest Ole Miss has been under Lane Kiffin from the standpoint, from a score standpoint. I mean, look, the, the officiating affected the score in the first quarter. But even beyond that, and I, and I get that's how's the play, Mrs. Lincoln, because without some of those calls, maybe the game's closed and stays closed. Who knows? We can't do that either way. I don't know. But there were a couple spots there, maybe 28 to 6, you could get to 13, 21 to 6 or 3 or whatever it was, where had Ole Miss sort of steadied itself, it at least you were behind, but it could have been a ball game. You know what I mean? They were sloppy even yeah. in those moments where you had a couple chances to take a step, kind of get up to a standing eight count and go, okay, now let's play football for the next 35, 38 minutes, whatever time was left on the clock at that point. That was probably – you know, is is disappointing in anything for an Ole Miss fan was that there were a couple spots to at least get back in the game, and they simply just could not make the plays to do that. And then defensively, the, in the second quarter, Kendall Bryles and Rocket Sanders, I mean, Sam Pittman admitted in halftime, they just absolutely wrecked Ole Miss on the three-man front. They did, and, and, and I really just have one question, and this is just a hypothetical, but, like, if Lane does stay, you know, for next season and whatnot, do you think he learns from this with – how he handles playing Alabama, preparing for him, and even the aftermath, whether they win or lose? I think he knew he had made a mistake, or at least he knew he was in trouble for maybe the way that – because, look, some of this might not even be his message. It might just simply be the players know what that game means to him. You know what I mean? I mean, it might yeah, not even be anything that he's tangibly or directly doing – Although I do think he calls the game differently. I mean, I think Dart would go, hey, hold on, that's different than what we would typically do in these situations. So I think there's some of that. Um, but a lot of it is just simply what's sort of known around him at that point. I think that's as, as much as anything else. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Lane has got to be very careful coming out of Alabama to not let them – I hate to say them beat them twice. Maybe that's not the word, but – to, to affect the next game because, like I said, of all those different options, I think that's the one that makes the most sense as to why Ole Miss might have been somewhat flat out of the eight tonight. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And maybe the cold weather. I mean, it sucks. You know, I get it. <laughs> I'm from the South. I don't like cold weather either, but I don't know. Um, anyway, well, that's all I had, Chase. I appreciate okay. you doing your show, man. I'm going to keep listening. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Device um, down. Who are we talking to? What's going on, Chase? How are you? Doing good. Hey, this is Brandon from uh, Kansas City. Yeah. Yeah, I we... just want to talk about a little bit more of the uh, 
I would say more the officiating of this game kind of had us on our heels most of the game. Uh, well, I mean, not most of the game, but definitely there in the first quarter into the second quarter where it dictated the score. I mean, you look at it, and I thought that the, the hold on Pettis was ticky-tack. You score there, it's whatever it is. You're right back in the game. You answer. It changes the momentum. It settles the crowd down a little bit. That that one score would have done so many different things to benefit everything for Ole Miss. And then when that happens, you're just kind of getting the ball rolling toward a lot of really shitty calls at that point because the Arkansas touchdown was offensive pass interference. I mean, maybe they still score seven, but they'd have had Pollard to go. It would have been first and 20 or second and 20. Maybe you hold them to a field goal there. That changes the score. And then, I mean, maybe the damnedest thing of the whole deal was the pass interference uh, down the field on Arkansas where the flag's thrown and the head official picks it back up and says no interference. I mean, just stuff where it was baffling. I mean, I sent a couple texts and said, you know, it's, it's not law of averages. That's the wrong term. But – if it's just sucky officiating at some point, it's got to be sucky on your side. And Ole Miss is not feeling that at all right now. I mean, it's two weeks in a row where it 100% dictated the score and the tone of the football game early on. Yeah, that was my thoughts. Uh, sitting here with a buddy watching the game and I was, uh, I said, Oh my God, he never got outside the shoulders on Pettis on that, on that first um, touchdown to Wade. And I was like, I, I just don't see it. And then, then as the penalties kind of tacked on there, I said, God, is this is this them going after Lane after all the retweets from the penalties? Is this is this SEC officiating going after Lane? You know, as a whole, I mean, I, I you know, it's it's one of those deals where, no, I, I never think that the entire crew has been done whatever. You know what I mean? Is one person pissed off about something? I mean, I don't know. I can't answer that. I don't know what the system looks like. I'm just saying at some point when things start walking and talking like a duck, it's probably a duck to some extent. I don't think it's a deal where, yeah, I mean, all seven people are told, hey, whatever, because you start getting into, okay, how is that staying quiet and believable? But, I mean, it's also impossible to think there was nothing involved whatsoever two weeks in a row because, I mean, at some point, again, it's got to go the other way. And, I mean, Ole Miss got a couple breaks against Kentucky, but you have not had one of these games where – you go, oh, my God, the other team Ole Miss was playing just got absolutely hosed there. You know what I mean? I mean, there's some calls or right. some stuff. I mean, I, mean, yeah, I think, my, I think my, Ole Miss got the benefit point. against Kentucky, but it wasn't like today. Right. Hey, there's no doubt. The, the the first half officiating, to me, just completely turned the whole tide of the game. They, they To me, it, they, they basically took the whole game in their own hands. Um, just basically took all the life out of Ole Miss. No, it did. I mean, it, it, it affected Ole Miss's composure, I thought. I mean, I thought if nothing else, Ole Miss got a little out of source right there, a little a, a little discombobulated. It totally changed the So, yeah. 100%. No doubt. Yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate the call, man. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Who are we talking to? This is Courtney. Courtney, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Am I ready? Yeah, you're good. What's on your mind? I was just wondering how how long are Ole Miss fans going to allow the officials to keep dictating the outcome of the game before the ball's even kicked off? What? Well, I mean, fans probably can't do much about it. You know, I, I'm always well. That's, those... that's the misunderstanding, though. Fans can actually do a lot about it. 
How so? You got all these students, parents, alumni. I mean, at some point, you're going to have to take it to an SEC level. Because the calls I saw tonight were terrible. Tonight early was as bad as I've seen in some different ways. Um, it's more of just the overall protection of officials that I don't understand. It's not even necessarily about parents or fans or anybody else doing something. It's about the standpoint of you don't have the pool reporter that talks to the official. There's some, there's still They've got to change the fact that officials just have this hands-off thing where if you talk about them in any way, you're fined or you're ridiculed or whatever. It, it, it makes no sense. Absolutely. But it wasn't just tonight. It's been throughout the whole season, and not just this season either. And at at some point, there has to be a grading standard, not just from the SEC people themselves, but from, like, random third-party people. Well, and that's one of the dumb things, too. They've, they've added in some officiating grade systems and changed them up, but then they don't make them public. So there's no actual public ridicule or negativity to people who do their job in a very shit way. Nothing at all. So, I mean, yeah, it's an entire system that's broken in a lot of ways. I mean, you know, look, it's it, it's it, it's been two really, really, really bad weeks in a row. Um, and, and that's emphasized it and that's made it worse for sure. So, I, I mean, I agree with you completely. And I, uh, I appreciate it. And also, I'd just like to say that <clears throat> I was listening earlier – from Jeffrey, uh-huh. and I, I don't think that the job question with Lane has anything to do with tonight's outcome. I think the outcome was decided before that, and I think that if there was any question of Lane leaving, the team wouldn't have kept playing. They would have just laid down. I'll we'll talk about it. I'll let you go after this, but it's kind of curious. If the outcome was decided before the game, what was the reason? Why why benefit Arkansas over Ole Miss? I think Lane's commentary last week about the officiating bowl eligibility with Arkansas. I think it was a mixture. I think Lane definitely riled him up. I, I don't I don't disagree with that at all. So yeah, I get that, Courtney. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Who's on the line? Hello. Talking to? Yes. Yeah, I'm trying to get through the Oxford Exxon podcast. Yeah, you're on. Go ahead. What's on your mind? Hey, Jack. Hey. Uh, dude, I'm listening to some of the calls. I'm all behind you on the stream. I, I guess where I'm aggravated with this whole thing is this is what happens when you have them. Um, the celebrity coach who doesn't really refute anything. The team just looked flat. I mean, I'm like everybody else. I thought the officiating was absolutely abysmal in the first quarter, but I mean, if you go from there forward, good God, we we didn't tackle, we didn't execute. We we didn't do anything right. I mean, I don't know. I'm just very frustrated with the whole thing right now. I think if they can get, had gotten into the game early, they, that, that first touchdown is not called back. I think you have I – mean, I'm not sure they win, but I think you have a different game um, at that point. And it's 
Here's the thing about Wayne. Is I can sit here and I did an observations. I criticized him to some extent. And it's true. But at the same time, I don't think necessarily – he could have signed the contract. He could have done some different things along those lines. But I don't necessarily blame him for spending every week going, no, 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 I'm not interested in Auburn. or I'm Because, frankly, nobody's going to believe him. You know what I mean? Like, there, there's not a lot you can do unless it's a tangible thing to actually change, especially the national media saying, well, still, he's just saying that. And as soon as Thanksgiving is over, then that's whatever. I mean, it's one of those deals where it, it's a twofold double-edged sword. It's catch-22 in a lot of ways because he's still going to be the same celebrity coach. He's still going to be valued. He still has that reputation of jumping around, which is contributing to this, no matter what he is or is not doing um, here in a week. But on the same token, um, time is the only thing that's going to change that, A. And then, B, um, you know, frankly, Ole Miss can't keep doing this every year. I mean, you know what? He kind of is going to get this one. If he stays at Ole Miss, he's going to make 9-5, 9-6, whatever it is, a base salary. Um, but that also requires expectations. At some point, that requires a level of winning where unless you're really, really, really improving, and we're talking playoff at that point, you're not really do a raise or any of this, you know, kerfuffle of a mess for these couple of weeks. It's it, it's it's a weird dynamic. No, exactly. I mean, you know, you, you know, I think y'all have addressed it this week. You know, you, the, and Neil said it. You know, I mean, they've given him enough contract wise. Every you know, they they bumped him up, and of course, uh, if everything's to be believed that's gone on this week, the challenge for the nil money has gone up so i mean at some point you, you just kind of gotta i don't know when you get to this point with a celebrity coach yeah you gotta go okay this is where we are this is the best we can do if if you can do better we'll see you congratulations well I, i'm not i don't know i just th- this is probably his worst game as a coach of Ole Miss that I've watched and I've seen probably every second of every quarter he's coached since he's been here. And it's just kind of, I don't know, it's just frustrating to watch this tonight because it was just flat. And like I said, you know, we, we can piss him on about officiating all day long, but it, it was just flat and uninspired at some points. Yeah. No, I mean, I, 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 like I said, I thought that was definitely the case. Now, the officiating affects mentality and mood, so you can't completely discount that. But there was a couple spots there where you could have, yeah, kind of gotten back into it. And I thought, well, that's where they, you know, they had a couple of alignment penalties. They just, again, they just sort of seemed discombobulated from that moment on for a few minutes. And that affected them. Yeah, I, I appreciate you taking yep. my call, man. Have a good night. Uh huh. Who's on the call? Hey, this is Galen from Hattiesburg. Hey, Galen, how are you? Oh, I'm doing all right. So, uh, it, it may not show up in the stat line, but Robert Allen's contribution to the basketball team, do you think it's going to be a big? <laughs> okay, come on now. Um, yeah, 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 come on. Um, oh, I'm, I'm joking. We're going to skip that. So, uh, so, um, I know everybody's got all kind of thought, thoughts about the commentating from from Cole Kublik and all them, and everybody's got all these thoughts about the officiating and everything to go on. What, what would be, in any other profession, 
on planet Earth other than being a college football coach. What would it be like if, if your employer paid you $7.5 million a year and is essentially held hostage by the fact that at any moment you could just pick up and leave and go to your biggest competitor, in a sense, and take your best employees with you without any kind of recourse, which is the, to ask, what, is there not any kind of non-compete or something that could be put in? Like, I'm, if, if Lane wants to jump and go to the NFL, go to the Chargers or something in a couple of years, that's one thing. But to go to a division rival, if, in fact, he, he was to leave, it just seems so damn dirty to me. There is literally nothing unless you make his buyout prohibitive to the point that no one wants to pay it like other – there's a couple coaches out there. But he's not going to agree to it. I mean, it would take a – I mean, the coaches have you over the barrel. And ADs, when they make so many of these decisions, they're emotional and their fan base just wants the guy no matter what that they're entering into these crap contracts. So that's the only way to fix it from that standpoint. And then I mean, I've said this, and I'm not going to harp on it right now, but if they're not careful with a couple of these rules and make sure they don't go farther down the road, I think it's not the beginning of the end of college football, but it's 100% a change in the dynamic of the sport from a care, from a viewership standpoint and everything. Because, yeah, I mean, this isn't even about Lane Kiffin. I mean, look, let's be honest for a second. I'm going to I'm doing 10 thoughts for Neil tomorrow because he's driving back from Fayetteville. I'm going to write about this a little bit, is that the big thing for Ole Miss this week, this the story this week really was not Lane Kiffin from an Ole Miss football standpoint. It was about, about the fact that Ole Miss has raised, let's just call it over $6.5 million for NIL in a short period of time. They've gotten a lot of resources, a lot of corporate resources for that. They've offered Lane Kiffin a salary that's top five in the country. They have absolutely established in a public way that they have a place in the table and that they're willing to compete at the highest level in the sport. That's the story of the week. Whether it's Lane Kiffin or whoever comes after them, they have the ability to get the coach, to get quality coaches and to put resources in. The biggest problem with Lane Kiffin to Auburn is the fact that, yeah, he can just take Quinshawn Judkins and a bunch of people with him potentially. I mean, you could gut your roster when the coach leaves in addition to it. I mean, that's the damnedest part of this. Which, to me, as a diehard fan, I have been my entire life, that's the worst part of all of it. Like, hypothetically, if that happens, if he leaves and goes to Auburn and has – I've had this thought. Quinshawn Junkins rewrites Ole Miss's rushing record book, and then when he goes to the NFL, when he plays on Sunday night, he says – Quinjah Juskins, Auburn University. I mean, that is the biggest slap in the face. And, I'm, of course, this hasn't happened yet. But it, no, it makes me love college football less the past two years than I have my entire life. And it's it's just sad. Well, I mean, that's not even – I mean, yes, it, I mean, good point. It happened in Oklahoma. I mean, Caleb Williams is playing for USC right now. Um Well, I mean, that's not even taken into account that if they run through this thing where they allow multiple portal – trips because if you allow waivers on these portal trips i mean we might as well be allowing damn trades at that point i mean seriously it's just complete complete and utter chaos i mean the nfl system works and we've said this a thousand times it's where lane's completely wrong the nfl has contracts you're locked into a team for three or four years or five years or whatever it is this makes i mean this is this is chaos where it affects fandom in a lot of different ways 100 percent I mean, yeah, I thought the SEC yeah. Network, I mean, what, it, it's, it's kind of a, an addition of stupid or liar with SEC Network because either they had no idea about Ole Miss's situation as it is 
But that means they didn't ask the questions because if you're doing, if you're going to do that on national television to that extent, you've got to make sure you have a good idea of what the hell the other school is going on in those same exact situations. I mean, they've been in you, Oxford and the main center is currently under construction. You're staring at it. And you mentioned Auburn's facilities. You mentioned Auburn's NIL, but then you do nothing to go the other way for Ole Misses. I mean, it, it's completely illogical at that point on something that, I mean, yeah, you've got, you've sitting here with a corporate partner talking about whether, he should take players with him to another school inside the division. A, a, a corporate partner that is sponsored by a league of which you make up one fourteenth of is Ole Miss. Like it's the blatant disrespect and and everything that they showed in that as one of their whatever you want to call it board members. Would would you consider Ole Miss a board member of the SEC Network in a sense? I mean, sure. One fourteenth yeah, I mean, is there. I don't know the the whole thing. Like my. I think my wife is getting tired of me ranting <laughs> for the evening. She's she's been a trooper. <laughs> I understand. Well, uh, anyway, love days. the show, love the podcast. Yep. Appreciate it. Thank you. Later. All right. Who are we talking to? Hey, this is Mark. Hey, Mark. How are you? Pretty good. How are y'all doing tonight? Uh, I'm hanging in. I'm doing all right. Holding the fort down by yourself, eh? I'm waiting on Neil. We're just kind of talking till then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys are hanging out. A lot of people in the stream. We're all good. I've got got about 850 of my friends online right now, so it's all it's all good. There's no need to wait on Neil. You're going to do fine just by yourself, yeah, Chase. I'm, I'm good. What's uh What's on your mind? I got a few things on my mind. Um, we'll start with one that's a little more generic. You, we were so close to total chaos today. Michigan at the last minute, TCU at the last minute, Tennessee completely falls on their face. USC sneaks one out. We were we were so close to total chaos today. Did you? I know I know the Ole Miss thing was going on. Were you able to pay attention to any of it? Yeah, I saw a good bit of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was right there. I I hated. I I really did. I hated to see what happened to Hendon Hooker. I mean, that was they were going to lose that game, but man, that that was tough to watch. Did you see that? Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess everybody's been on a rock, but South Carolina ends up routing Tennessee, so that's that's that for the balls. Um, yeah. So yeah, that I mean that was tough. So, on our on the Ole Miss game, um, I don't know. I, I have a thought, Chase, and, and maybe it's a bad thought. Maybe it's a maybe it's a loser's thought. Even go ahead. Um, we we were out of the playoff picture. It ended last week with a tough loss against Alabama. We all have an idea of what Kiffin's goals are here. Is it really that surprising that? Things started off weird this week, especially when you take into consideration the fact where we were, who we were playing, kind of what the circumstances were, that we weren't super sharp. I mean, I'm, I'm not I'm not that surprised. Were you? No, I mean, there's lots of reasons why. I mean, it, as I said, it, it's not even necessarily about that. It's not unsurprising. It's nothing along those lines at all. It's simply given everything going on, it's a really bad time from a 
fan base buy-in from a public perception for this to be the case. I mean, you're coming off that loss to Alabama. I mean, the Grove Collective had a really, really, really damn good week. It was highly publicized. It's all those things. And then immediately following that is this game where you're down to a team that's 5-5 five and five and lost to Liberty two weeks before that. And I get transitive property yeah. is not a real yeah. thing. But it still is a point of reference that a team that lost to Liberty who lost to Virginia Tech today and lost to UConn last week, you're down 42-6 yeah. to six at one point on a week where you're trying to establish yourself on another tier of being an elite program because of the contract you just offered the head coach and the NIL that you're putting together to – maintain your roster and procure players moving forward. Yeah, and actually you articulated that as well as as probably anybody could have, but the reality of the situation is that Arkansas team also was within a mustache hair of knocking off LSU who's getting ready to play a game in a couple of weeks to go into the college football playoff. So it's not like they're they're nothing. They had a quarterback lining up for him who's spent his entire college career trying to prove that he could have played at Ole Miss. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot going on there. Um, but the, but the whole, the, the Kiffin cloud is what hangs over us right now. And where's he going? Is he going? Is he staying? Like, like that's what's going on right now. Am, am, am I right? Well, yeah, because it continues to, it continues to be this deal where you don't know exactly how you're moving forward as a program. I mean, it's not it's not even blaming Lane or criticizing Lane or anything else. By the way, UPS Shaggy, thank you so much. Appreciate you being here. Whatever you want, we'll do it for a few minutes. You're you're awesome. Um, but it's one of those deals where yeah, you're just you're you're. It is what it is, and look, you're, there's a you're there, there's in limbo. The, yeah, there, there's a world where Lane Kiffin did a lot of these things to assist in his current position because. Look, I mean, let, let's step back logically. Is Could Lane Kiffin be introduced as the new head coach at Auburn on Friday? Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, as I said on the message board today, anybody who says they 100% know, they're completely and utterly full of shit. They, 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 nobody nobody yeah. knows. Maybe not even Lane Kiffin, but if so, only Lane Kiffin. The point being, there is a world where Lane Kiffin simply is doing everything he can do to procure more resources for Ole Miss because there's a, you know, there's a lot of logical reasons why you can get to – Auburn and why you say, okay, what, what Lane is doing is a sign that maybe he's doing this. But on the other side of it, on yep. the Ole Miss side, yep. there's also a world where, hang on, if you're going to Auburn, why are you spending a week trying to drum up millions of dollars for a competitor? Yeah. I mean, yep. you know what I mean? I mean, I, you, you yeah. take the growth yeah. collective and, from and, and $3 million so to $6 million or $7 million or $7.5 million. Type of game. Yeah, like yeah. that makes no freaking and, sense. And and it, it doesn't, and it does, and – so, all right, so let's have a conversation between you and me right now where sure. you were writing for the DM um, when, when, when I was reading the DM, and I've got a dad who loves Ole Miss, and I grew up going to Ole Miss. Like, uh, all these things are true. And one side of the party says, why is Lane doing this to us? And the other side of the party says, why are we making Lane drag us kicking and screaming to get to the point where we need to get to anyway? And both of those things can be true, right? Like Lane can be doing one thing and our fan base as a, I don't know, middle of the pack fan base for the last, I don't know, half a century can be doing another thing. Like both of those things can be true. Um, 
and and I don't even know that I've got a logical end to this, but but I think that those things are going on right now, and and you've got a coach who's at at worst pretty good, at best maybe elite, who is trying to deal with a fan base who at worst is kind of a bunch of losers, at best hopes for the best. And you've got this weird dichotomy where the, the coach thinks you're better than the than the program has historically performed, and he's trying to drag you kicking and screaming and saying, let's go do this, guys. We can do this. If you'll come with me, I can make this happen. And you've got a fan base who's saying, coach, we want to follow you, but you got to – you can't leave me at the altar. You just can't do it because I've been left there before. It happened 25 years ago. I, I've, I've been doing this my whole life. Am, am I wrong with that? It's also this thing of – it's also this thing of you can't Lane, – Lane can't do this every year. Ole Miss can't just pay him $2 million more every year. You know what I mean? And that's what I said. At some that, point, you, you, that you is price 100% yourself. That is 100% at some point, you price yourself in, though, because, look, if Lane Kiffin stays and he's making $9.6 million, is what I said a minute, a minute ago, at that point, it's playoff. I mean, you're a top five paid coach. It is. That means top five results. I mean, you're well, not paying and, 9.6 Okay, okay so there, there is a – and th- this is something that you and Neil have talked about. There is a – there's a little bit of a wild card to this and that we're about to go to a 12, 12-team playoff, which sort of – changes the calculus on how all of these games get played out. For example, today, today was an irrelevant game for Kiffin. We had lost the ability to win the West. We had lost the ability to go to the SEC championship. We had lost the ability to control our destiny in any way, shape, or form whatsoever. However, if two years from now today's game had happened, today's game would have had a completely different dynamic. It would have been Ole Miss playing to try to hold on to a spot to have an argument to be in the playoff. So, like, all of all of the calculus in that changes, all of the, 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 the competitive side of it, everything about that changes. So, I, I get what you're saying. I think, I think you're right. Um. Tonight wasn't a nothing I, game, though. It's where I just – I mean, I will respectfully disagree. Today was a nothing game. No, 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 stop. No, 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 because, look, Ole Miss is still – I mean, you're seeing this because, look, the damn Auburn thing at the end of the game showed you this about Ole Miss and Auburn and the two programs. Ole Miss is still fighting from a public standpoint to be more known as an elite program where you just are an SEC team that wins a lot of games. And there's a big difference in 8-4 and four and 10-2. and two. So while, yes, you can't win the West, you can't do all those things, getting to 10 wins again would have been a substantial thing and continuing trying to change this narrative that, look, it's not affecting Ole Miss with Lane Kiffin or Jimmy Sexton or anything like that, but it is sort of affecting Ole Miss just in general. I mean, just from a straight program where it is today, it's not necessarily seen by the the normal person as as that spot that it probably should be in. I think that's fair. All right, so I'm, I'm going to let you go in just a second, and uh, I'm going to put you on the spot because you've earned the spot. It is uh, – I don't even know what it is. November 19th, I think, somewhere right around there. We've got one more game left. Auburn handled 
business today against Western Kentucky, much to the chagrin of Neil and Tyler Siski. And in one week, everybody's going to be asking who's going to be coaching Auburn. So I'm going to ask you, Chase, who's going to be coaching Auburn uh, about nine days from today? Oh, hell, I'm, no, I'm, I refuse to answer. No, come on, come on. we got to mm-hmm. lean into it. Who's going to be coaching? Hell no, because, I mean, look, I'll be honest. Or is it going to be Lane? Nope. Mm-mm. I'm out. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm out. Nope, 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 not taking it. Because, look, here's the deal. I mean, I've spent a week <laughs> – on Lane Kiffin's chances of being the next Auburn coach or his likelihood of being the next Auburn coach, I've literally been between 45% and 55% for five days in a row. And it might move a little (laughs) bit one way or the other. I mean, I've talked to to so damn many people that it's at the point where if you want me to find you a source that says anything, I can find you one. Now, which one of those is actually right beats the hell out of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who knows? All right, yeah. can I ask can I ask you one question? And, sure. and I am going to hang it up, but I felt – so Neil made the post that he made the other day, and I read it, and I immediately was like, oh, I don't think he meant to write that. And I know how much pride Neil takes in everything that he writes. And I actually I – felt, I felt awful when I read it, and I felt even worse when he came in and wrote the apology about it. Mm-hmm. Is, is he cool in that situation? Does he understand that we all understand that, like, stuff happens every now and then? We good there? Yeah, he was frustrated himself. I know that he was. was. Yeah, yeah, and, it's all and good. And tell him not to be. Yeah, we're good. It's all, it's all good. So We love it. you. We love Neil. We're all good. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it, bud. Yes, sir. Yep. What were you saying? Go ahead. You're on. I'm already on. Yes. What's up? Oh, that was quick. Yeah. Um. Yeah. T- today's just been such a a frustrating day. From Lane's gonna leave to Lane's gonna stay. It's a frustrating week, not day. Lane's gonna leave. Lane's gonna stay. He's got to figure something out. We, we've got to have answers at some point. Not necessarily one way or the other. Just at some point, you got to care, you know? When you say care, what do you mean? Um, I mean, I don't know that, that Lane – I think if Lane had, had committed one way or the other, it's a closer game. It's at least something. It's not it's not forty two twenty seven. We we don't give up as many points. We don't score as few points. Obviously we had the holdings and all that, all the ref nonsense. But um I mean the players went to class all week. They had they had all their friends asking if the flames leaving and they couldn't answer. They could say, Oh, we don't think he is. And that 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 I guess. I mean, look, you can tell the team whatever, but I don't know think Lane 100% knew, A, and then B, again, I just don't think it – I mean, I understand. I don't even really disagree because I'm really trying to be hard not to talk out both sides of my mouth and and, and rip him over something that I don't necessarily disagree with. But at the same time, nobody's going to take him at his word because he, he just, for whatever reason that's really not fair, has this reputation that by God I'm going to jump in anything, and look, he doesn't help it because he doesn't say anything about the team in the, in the to the team or the players. 
he and it's not not saying anything it's going out of his way to say that he refuses to say anything there's a difference as weird as that sounds right right I, like I don't there's think one thing to go hey i really like it here I'm he good, blah 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 instead it's hey i just don't talk about those things well those are two completely you different were, answers exactly even though the first one might be completely full of crap right I, so, I don't think Lane's a job jumper. I don't think his goal is to 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 hop, skip to Auburn. I think he truly wanted, from what I, from what I hear, I think he truly wanted the NIL to raise. That is, and we possible. did that. We did that, and it costs us today. And granted, it's a rebuild year, but coaches aren't wired to lose games on purpose, and not not that he lost on purpose, but coaches aren't wired to risk losing a game. To raise money, that's that's not in their nature. Even if it benefits them in the future, I don't think Lane thought that or did that. I just think he cost us it on accident, trying to raise NIL, and and he did raise NIL. If we're roughly equivalent to Auburn's cash on hand, then we're fine. But but today showed that that the players weren't focused. They weren't locked in. The first half was a disaster all the way through. Granted, we had the holdings, but but it was a disaster. Uh, I mean, it yeah. Look, it was definitely a disaster. There's no doubt about that. I mean, it's forty-two to six. Um, at that point. Uh, sorry, I was texting Neil. I think we're getting him in a second. Appreciate the call. I'm gonna jump to a couple more in the call now. Thank you. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I didn't mean to hang up, call or call back, and I'll get you back. The uh, There we go. Who's on the line? Maurice. Maurice, how are you? Doing good. What's on your mind? Uh, the contract. Mm-hmm. What about it? I mean, I just hate not knowing what's going on. Amen. I would love to know how I can uh, play in the next few weeks of my life. I understand that completely. Um, Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I just mean the whole dynamics and, like, how it's going to affect us. I mean, look, it's – he was – there was really no chance of something getting announced, I don't think, in those two days. I mean, I never even thought that was a possibility. Yeah. But once yeah, but you I bring it up, little... it does at least bring that up. Where you go, hey, hold on. Yeah, Neil's gonna walk is gonna walk in a second. I'm getting to Neil in like five minutes, but he's not quite ready yet. Go ahead, Maurice. Sorry. Well, 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 well. I mean, I just don't understand how we could like come out with it publicly without having some sort of agreement. Well, it was just a call. It was a term sheet. Well, here's the two things on that, which is somewhat fascinating. When you do that, you're doing two things. You're you're putting, I don't think it was on purpose, but in some ways you're putting pressure on Lane Kiffin because you're going, hey, it's right here. It's 9.6 million. Take it. We're doing everything you can do, we can do to make you happy. But the other side of it, and this is not, I mean, and again, I don't think this was necessarily the intent from Keith Carter. But what it also does is telling the country, hey, look, if he goes, we did everything we could do. We're paying him top five money. We did NIL. You know what I mean? Where you're you're erasing that whole thing of, well, I mean, you know, look, it's just, you know, it's Auburn's just this kind of program that all shucks. They've got more and no miss in every little way. No, it's coming out and going, hey, no, we're, we're that's what I said. It was the story of the week. We're. It's Ole Miss trying to get a place at the table. Well, but that, but 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 offering a contract of money that he ain't going to take don't prove anything about Ole Miss uh, having more than Auburn. That's what sort of sucks about it is we lowballed his ass in public. You don't lowball a guy at ten million dollars. It's a top. Well, it salary is. It is if you're thinking he's getting an offer higher than that. It doesn't matter. Salary is not going to dictate this thing. I understand what you're saying. I know well, then what does it? What does it? If he goes to Auburn, does something? No, no, no. I guess here's my point. If he wants to go to Auburn, he's just got in his mind that Auburn is a better job, and he doesn't have a. There's well, not a. Well, no, listen. No, no. In I my opinion, it. the only reason why he would go to Auburn is because JG Tate and the bunker and the brain drain are a lot better than this show. Probably Eagle, so. That's probably hundred percent the reason. You're right, hundred percent. Um, <laughs> he was so normal there for a minute. Hello. Hey there. This is uh Charles from uh actually I'm from
Who's on the call? Hey, this is Robert from Clinton. Hey, Rob. What's up? Oh, well, not a whole lot. Just listening to a lot of people talk about things that they have no control over. And so we can spin our wheels talking about contracts and will he and won't he and all that. But if we get back into the gridiron and actually look at things we can talk about and look at the numbers from tonight, um, it also kind of lends into the narrative that was with the quarterback, this, that, and the other that was all through the summer. So Jackson Dart didn't have a great game. I mean, if you look at his numbers, yes, he had, what, 230, 240 yards through for 21 passes out of like 30, 35, something like that. But K.J. Jefferson had more percentage of completions, but he threw passes. You had a lot of pass behind receivers, passes that were well over receivers. So if we get into the narrative of quarterback talk that you know hovered and, and controlled everything this summer, this is kind of like Matt Corral's Texas A&M game where he has to bounce back from this. So the question that I have is, how much of, of the responsibility for tonight can we put on the players that were actually on the field? Yes, there were bogus calls. Yes, there, there were conspiracy theories and all that, if you want to get into it. But the, there, were, there were plays that were just not there. There were passes that were not made. There were catches that were not made. There were, there were mental mistakes. So that question, how much can we put on, on, on to them? And then how important is the next game for them to kind of level out, especially uh, – Jackson Dart to level out the boat from the rocky water that tonight stirred. You know, I thought Jackson was okay. Um, I thought while the game was still a game, I mean, because that second half, I have a hard time making anything of anything if we're just being completely frank mm-hmm. at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, in the first half, I thought the, the, the interception was a dagger because he made the same mistake he has made multiple times this season where he just doesn't see that defender who's sitting down in his own coverage right there. But Otherwise, I thought that he didn't get a lot of protection at times. He kept plays going. He made some throws. If he gets that pass interference call, then, you know, that helps down the field. I thought Dart was pretty good. I thought KJ, relative to his ability level, played out of his mind. I thought he hit a lot of throws. Ole Miss has really struggled with um, quarterbacks who can get outside the pocket and taking off. And what's interesting about it is they struggle with finishing the play. They've done a pretty good job getting pressure. But they overrun the play. They overrun the tackle so often. They allowed the ability to sort of get outside and get moving. So, yeah, I thought there was actually some some times there where Arkansas just played better football. I thought Jefferson was really good. Sanders was obviously really good. And Browse found stuff there in that second quarter that Ole Miss just couldn't counter. I mean, they, they annihilated the three-man front. Um, mm-hmm. Ole Miss's linebackers were swimming at times. I, I thought they had a hard time with, with some of the schemes that Arkansas was running. And then, as we talked about, when you don't convert down there in the red zone and suddenly you get behind and behind and behind and behind, that's on the players, but there was some panic. And, 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 and that's where, and I've said this two or three times, it's where I thought the game turned on what I thought about the game and then also the actual score at that point. Because there was multiple times when you're down just you know two touchdowns and a two-point conversion that if you can steady, go score, get a touchdown, sort of fix and adapt and make some adjustments that, that are going to give you a benefit, that game settles down for you right there. And instead, you give it right back, you have the turnover, you have all those things, and boom, it takes off and suddenly it's uh, it, it, it's all gone from there. 
would it have been much worse if this if we played the way we did? Because I don't, I don't. Yes, I saw panic, but I also didn't see us fall apart like we've done in previous years. Um, they they kind of kept at it, I guess, for lack of a better word. Um, if this was earlier in the season and we're going up against, uh, I don't know, a, a Tennessee, or we're we're back in Baton Rouge and and the calls don't go our way and we we don't get you know the tosses this that and the other, is it worse than what it was tonight? Um, because this wasn't a great Arkansas team. Well, of course, this no, is no, a no, fine no, no, Arkansas no, no, team. No, no, no. It, they played well, but no, it is not an overly talented Arkansas team. Frankly, it's an Arkansas team defensively that you should be able to throw on more than Ole Miss did at times tonight. Mm-hmm. Now Correct. they ran. I mean, they ran the ball. I mean, I thought. I thought even in the first half, Evans and Judkins were all were were outstanding. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Judkins broke, uh, broke records, adding yeah. adding more to his uh, yearly collection. So do you think that any of this is going to translate into Thursday? I mean, I, I know we're not getting crazy schemes and everything coming from Mississippi state, but do you think that, do you think they'll be able to put this behind them and, you know, kind of like the Ted Lasso thing, you know, have a, have a memory of a goldfish and move on. Or do you think that they're, and that's kind of another thing too. These We're talking a lot about these. How are you? Um, I am cold right this very moment is the uh, very thing I would use to describe myself. Other than that, I'm fine. How are you? Is it a little chilly? Um, it's like 21, 22. Not bad windy, though, but it's cold. I'm not going to lie. Um, I'm going to make sure your audio is working, so I'm going to hold on one second. We had an audio issue with the last caller, so I don't want to get five minutes into you and then realize we have a problem because that would suck. Um, so, All good. Yeah. Um, I guess, look, I mean, it's an obvious thing. Let's figure it out from there. Uh, and it's these place to start. Press conference, Lane Kiffin, and General Auburn, just take us through it because we, we've seen a couple of tweets, but for the most part, we know nothing about what happened. So he came in. I don't think he has ever talked with the lighter voice. I was probably five, six feet from him. I was concerned that my video would not pick up audio. He was talking so quietly. It appears that it's okay. <clears throat> that being said, um, he talked about being disappointed, about penalties, about 700 yards of offense, on and on. Um, I asked him if he felt like his team was distracted given the start that they had. Were they distracted uh, based on, you know, the noise that was around the program uh, over the course of last week? He said that, uh, you know, he said, I don't know, maybe. Um, He said he thought more it was an Alabama hangover. Um, Trying to remember uh, the whole answer. Generally, he talked about, Again, 700 yards of offense. You can tell that to talk. Um, it's somewhat disingenuous, though. You know, I mean, when it's 42 to 6 and the other team kind of turns it off and you're frantically chasing yards, it just doesn't, it doesn't feel like quite the same accomplishment. But that's my editorial comment. We might get to that later. Um, he, he then got asked some questions about the game, about his defense, about those kind of things. And then I, I waited till. I felt like everybody had asked those questions. And then I said, you know, Ole Miss presented you with a term sheet, contract, whatever, new terms. 
can you comment on that? He, he said, you know, I, I don't comment on those things. Um, and then he proceeded to say, look, you know, I love it here. Um, I'm happy here. I'm not happy right now, but I'm happy here. I appreciate our administration and them doing all the things that they do to help us win. And then uh, Brandon Marcello was there. And Marcello asked him if he could comment on his, in light of all the talk about his, about his future, could he talk about, you know, where he thought he would be in future. I can't remember exactly how it was phrased. It was, it was fair. And Lane said, that's fair. And uh, said, you know, I really don't want to talk about next year when we still have a game left. Um, didn't really answer the question. Just kept saying he was, he was happy, happy here, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, I can't just loved it here, happy here, whatever. He didn't, he didn't give the emphatic definite answer that would silence anything let's put it that way what's your editorial take what do you think you know i don't know um i wrote a column that said you know he's at a crossroads where he's either going to have to love Ole miss back or he's going to have to leave i mean he's leaving you know he's either going to detour to the east or he's going to finally embrace Ole miss back and you know, you, you hear so many people talk, and, you know, it's, it's amazing to me how many people have a source, right? I mean, it's the damnedest thing. I'm like, everybody's got a source, and I'm like, God, I wish I had a couple more sources because I'd feel better about this, but I, I, I don't know. I mean, you can't ignore the noise anymore, Chase. I mean, to, to, to pretend that this is some made-up narrative at this point is disingenuous. It's stupid. It, 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 it's dumb. It's false. I mean, I didn't hear the broadcast, but I got my phone lit up with people who did saying that Cole and, and uh, yeah, Rogers and all those guys were basically talking about it like it's a done deal. And now, I didn't hear them, and maybe that's not exactly what they said, but, you know, it's they, not going away. Yeah, real quick, and I'll let you finish the thought. What they did, it was not – they did not say it was a done deal, but it was very – here's why you go to Auburn and why it makes sense. And it was, whether they meant for it to or not, it was it was phrased as a superior program, inferior program conversation that was mostly only positive about Ole Miss as far as what Lane had built and what he had done himself. But Auburn had all the NIL and all the new facilities, and frankly, he could, Lane, I mean, they even went so far as saying Lane could take a bunch of players with him to Auburn from Ole Miss, which is a really strange comment for a corporate partner on national television. Yeah, if I'm on this, I'm not happy with that at all. Um, I guess to finish my point, my thought, I mean, it just, there's so much noise. It's, it's coming from somewhere. I mean, it, it, it's like smoke. There's this much smoke. There, there's a flame somewhere. And maybe it's not a big flame. And maybe it's a flame that can be put out and, like I wrote, you know, maybe Lane knows what he's doing. Maybe, you know, I know he's a guy who believes all attention is good attention. But in this case, Jake, I don't think it is. I mean, I don't know how you can take tonight if you're Ole Miss. And luckily for Ole Miss fans, they, they should take some solace in the fact that 17- and 18-year-old kids don't sit around and watch college football games with the audio up for three hours. So they probably didn't hear it but 
in terms of for the product, that's, that's not healthy. Not not just losing a road game in the SEC that happened, but a road game where you get smoked early. I mean, it's, it's when, when Sanders makes that run in the first minute of the third quarter, it's forty-two to six. And 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 at the same time, the announcers are are talking openly about your coach leaving to go to an SEC West rival. Um, you know, I mean, I don't know how that's productive for his program if he's planning to stay at Ole Miss. So I don't know, you know, here we are Saturday night, basically Sunday morning, Ole Miss plays a game in less than five days from this very moment against Mississippi State, and then the season's over, and there's not a whole lot left for him to address but this. And if he lets it linger into the weekend, I don't know. It kind of feels like you know where it's going at that point. Yeah, it's two things, and I'll be quick because I've kind of mentioned these on the show already. But one is if he knew he was staying at Ole Miss – and that's what he was going to do. And he, let's even give him the benefit of the doubt and say he was trying to drum up NIL money and it worked and all that stuff from the past few days. You still, though, on like Friday or before the game today, would have agreed in principle to that contract, gotten all the nervous money when they were worried you were going to Auburn, and then got the positive money from signing the contract. You know what I mean? You could have done both. You would have yes. done that. Now, yes. on the other side, and this yes. is what I mentioned earlier, and look, college football is a dumb sport, so maybe this just is what it is. It's also really weird to do things that drum up tons of money for a collective and then go to a competitor where you have to compete with the money you just drummed up. That's weird. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it is. I hadn't even thought about it like that, but yeah. Because, yeah, you, I mean, you, you look, just took Ole Miss's collective personally yourself. and I mean, I don't know the numbers. I mean, Walker's not giving me specifics by any means, but let's say it went from $3 million to $7 million in seven days. Well, that's four more million dollars that all Ole Miss gets to use to try to keep Quinshawn Judkins and whomever else that Auburn might want if he went to Auburn. It's illogical. You're right. It is. Um it, it it is completely illogical. Um, now, like you you frequently say, I don't want to steal your line. It is a crazy sport. Um, I mean, it is a it is a stupid sport. Um, but yes, that's illogical. Um, look, I'm not a mind reader, and I'm not going to be the guy that tells you, "Hey, I know Lane." I don't. Now, I know people who, obviously, because of the age of my kids, I know kids who know. Landry, um, I know people who are in communication with Knox because they've become friends. Their kids have become friends with Knox over the course of the last three years and all of his frequent visits and all of those things. And I can't help but think that deep down, Lane probably wants to stay. And maybe he will. No, I, you know, he there's maybe this is nothing more than a flirtation. Maybe this is nothing more than, Hey, I owe it to myself to listen to this. I owe it to myself to hear what the offer is. I don't know, but you know, I wrote this too. And and, and you and I've talked about this. I think we talked about it some on Thursday night. If Ole Miss is going to pay Lane Kiffin, Nine and a half million dollars, roughly, and I don't remember the exact terms that Richard reported. 
it's give or take nine and a half, nine six. Yeah, pre pre incentive. Okay. Okay. Yeah, nine and a half million dollars pre incentive. So, listen, if you're going to live up to nine and a half million dollars, you're going to hit most of the incentives, and you're going to get to ten, ten plus every year. If you're going to make ten plus million dollars at Ole Miss, nights like tonight can't happen. Because nights like tonight don't happen at Alabama, at Georgia, at Ohio State, at the programs that are paying that kind of money to their coaches. That's the other part of this. And, I, and playing psychologist, there's a part of me that wonders if he says, you know, if they pay me $9.5 million at Ole Miss, they're going to expect $9.5 million worth of results, and I can't do it. I mean, look at his roster. There's a lot of dead weight on that roster three years in. Guys that they brought in. There was there was some issues on the first in the first half on that sideline. I mean, I saw stuff. Now, without being able to ask people what I saw, I'm not going to comment on it. I'm not going to write about it. But I saw stuff, Chase. Stuff happened on that sideline that does not happen on healthy teams. There was yeah. weird stuff tonight. They don't play a lot of guys. It's a thin team. The thin team. They don't play a lot of guys. I asked Jackson Dart, hey, is this – and that video's up at rebelgrove.com and on our MPW digital channel. By the way, the Lane Kiffin video is up. You can see it. Um, you know, I asked Jackson Dart, do you hear the noise? And he said, yes. I mean, you hear the noise. I asked him, does it impact you personally? And he said, I, I can only control what I control, which is a cliche answer for yes. Because if the answer is no, you say no, it doesn't bother me. And I'm not picking on Jackson here, but the answer he gave was an affirmative answer. Because if, if you ask a yes-no question and the answer is anything other than no, then the answer is yes. So yes, it impacted him. 19-year-old quarterback who came here in large part because of Lane Kiffin. And now he doesn't know whether Lane Kiffin's going to be there or not. I'm sure he's thinking, okay, well, who's Ole Miss going to hire if Lane Kiffin leaves? And if Lane Kiffin leaves, can I, and I decide that I don't want to play for the new guy, can I get a waiver? Can I, can I transfer again, whether it be to Auburn or anywhere else? So you don't think those things weigh on him a little bit this week as he's preparing to face Arkansas? Clearly. Let me ask A.J. Finley. A.J. Finley's answer was a little different of, you know, I don't know, we just kind of whatever. We don't talk about that. Well, A.J.'s a senior. A.J.'s going pro. He's had a really good season. He'll play in the National Football League next year. I mean, compare the two answers, two really bright kids, A.J. Finley, Jackson Dart, two kids that, you, you know, we've gotten to know a little bit over the, with A.J. over sure. the years and with Jackson over the months. I mean, two smart, polite, intelligent kids gave completely different answers. One's a senior and one's not. And, you know, and you had to know, and you and I talked about this, you had to know it was senior night here. You had to know there's a bunch of guys on that team that have been in this program at Arkansas for a long time. Guys like Bumper Poole who've been there like eight years. And um, I mean, there's other dudes like that. I mean, I recognize them as they lined up for senior day. Like, that guy's been here a long time. He's been here a long time. You knew those guys were going to play hard. You knew that bowl eligibility was a goal that Sam Pittman had openly discussed and he got mocked for it earlier in the year, but you knew that it was going to be something that got talked about here. You knew that uh, KJ Jefferson was going to play. You knew this game meant something to KJ being from Sardis and 
Ole Miss not really offering him. You knew all of those things. And yet, in your program, guys were distracted. And Arkansas, to their credit now, they played really hard right out of the game. Played with a lot of emotion. Their fans showed up. Their fans stayed. It was loud. It was rowdy. And then kind of in the third quarter, Ole Miss kind of melted down. They put it back together and had a really good fourth quarter from a make it put lipstick on the proverbial pig. But you had to know you were going to get that all, that effort from Arkansas tonight. I, I felt like they would. I don't know whether you did or not, but I kind of felt like Arkansas would play hard tonight. And they did. Yeah, you knew they were going to play hard. You knew they had re- kind of recalibrated their expectations and the fact that Ole Miss – had not, frankly. They had not gotten over Alabama in the same way at all. Because um, I, I told I told the stream, look, officiating dictated some things early. There's no doubt about that. It, it impacted the game. But there was a couple spots yeah. where it was a two-score game. Had, had Ole Miss calmed down and just played football, they were still in the game. And instead, they were discombobulated at the line of scrimmage. They had some motion penalties. They had some alignment issues. They blew some assignments on defense. They just – they never could find a footing. It was like they were flat and sell and shell shocked. And when that happened, it just it spiraled and it was over in ten more minutes. And that was it. And ball game because, I mean, Sam Pittman, you, you're at the game. You're not seeing this. Sam Sam Pittman walks off at halftime and tells, I guess it was Cole, whoever it was, essentially that they had figured Ole Miss out and that they offensively had found issues with the defense and they were just running Sanders at that point and and, and knew that it wouldn't be stopped against that three man front. I know that. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, whatever that's Can worth. you hear me? Just, yeah. Just flipped, uh, I just flipped the Bluetooth. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, you're okay. okay. Uh, do you want to give any even sort of subtle detail to what you saw? They're asking. Um, I saw what appeared to be an altercation between an assistant coach and a player that was heated, that had to be broken up. Um, By another staff member by another staff member and then that player was was very agitated um for quite some time and and a staffer was having this sort of pilot play the role of peacemaker pacifier i don't know what it was about yeah i have no i have no idea and and at this at this moment in time no real way to find out i mean i'll I'll have the ability to ask probably tomorrow, but uh, I don't. I don't have. I don't have that ability at this moment. So you made a good point. Um, this thing goes on and on because I thought, and I wrote this in observations. This was worst case scenario for the type of way that Lane handles these situations, whether he's staying or going or whatever he's doing. When you get the blowout loss. It takes a lot of your capital. It removes a lot of patience with the fan base and dealing with the yep. somewhat laissez-faire nature that Lane does all this kind of thing. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm with you. This thing gets through Monday, Tuesday, where Lane doesn't do anything with the term sheet, and this thing just kind of goes on. I mean, am I being crazy here? I feel like my antenna is up at that point where it's either Lane making critical errors that make no sense and he's not handling this correctly – or he very much is trying to go to Auburn at that point. I mean, we could both no be sense. wrong. 
Right. You, know, I mean, you and he, I could he, both he, end up being wrong yeah, on this, no, no, but yes. He could absolutely. be making a bad mistake, but it would be a mistake. He is not doing the betterment thing for his program if it extends out another past another 48 hours. Agreed. Yeah. I don't I don't know how I don't know how you could spin it positively for Ole Miss if this is still the talking point on the broadcast on Thursday night. I don't I don't know how you could spin it and go, "Oh yeah, see, it's it's all the fact that somebody else wants your coach is a good sign." No. I mean, the fact that the fact that you've made an offer now to your coach that's top five, six or whatnot in the country and, and you can't you can't get him to commit to it because he, quoting Richard's you know quoting Richard here oh don't 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 oh, I don't know how that wasn't a wreck just there. Wow. That was close. Um I um you know quoting Richard here, you know, is is ostensibly about he wanted to or or you know, depending on what happened with Auburn. Did I read that correctly? Uh, yeah. It basically you know, depending said on what he, happened with yeah, Auburn, he, right. he wanted to hear Auburn's offer. I can yeah. report to you that Whataburger is a, a very popular place in Fayetteville, Arkansas at 1145 at night, so much so that it almost caused a massive wreck just then. Anyway. I lose you? No, I'm just thinking. Um, I, I mean, look, look. here's the thing. And I know it's not this simple, but if you're super happy somewhere and they come to you and make you a significant offer, and then you say, hey, I have this one concern, and then they basically assuage that concern meaning NIL. At that point, usually a happy person jumps on it. Hey, I'm going to take this, I'm going to take this off and report and someone can take it off the table. That didn't happen, at least to our knowledge. And at this point, I think you have to read something into that. Now, you don't have to read into that that means he's necessarily leaving at all. But I think you have to read something into it. Logically, Are you in a spot where service is potentially bad at times, or what? What do you think? Did my service drop off? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I can't tell if it's just your Bluetooth or if I mean, we can hear you and I can understand you, but it definitely started kind of cracking a little bit. Um, oh, okay. It ought to be better in just one second. I was getting on the, on the interstate. Anything else from the players that was at all interesting? No, not really. It was both really short. Um, you know, Jackson does not take losses well. Um, he's very polite and respectful, but he's very short after after losses. Um, AJ, as you know, is always pretty political with his comments, so he didn't say much. He said AJ said he thought that they did not come out with a lot of energy, and I asked why, and he said he didn't know. And, I mean, again, we have to be, you know, not us, but in general, you can't put one reason on an entire team. Ever. Right. It could be Kiffin for 20 of them. It could be Alabama for 20 of them. It could be 20 of them had a girlfriend issue. I mean, who the hell knows? 
Yeah, I mean, AJ said maybe it was the cold, if I, if I recall correctly. You know, maybe it was the cold. He, You know, he was just, he's making stuff up. He didn't know. I mean, I, he said they didn't have energy, and I asked why, and he didn't want to answer that. And that's fine. I, I'm, I'm a big AJ Finley fan. He's a, he's a great kid, and I'm going to be cheering for him at the next level. But he's not exactly one to open up and give you a whole lot of detail on things. He's, he's company man when it comes to that kind of thing. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not criticizing it. So somebody's asking about Richard's tweet. Here's what he said, quote, Lane Kiffin has received a new contract offer from Ole Miss that would make him one of the 10 highest paid coaches in college football. It's now a waiting game to see if he will receive an offer from Auburn. More details this afternoon at the time. Yeah, the waiting game. Yeah, waiting game about Auburn. And the numbers you know, that are made reported a joke. make him tied for fifth right now. Go ahead. Kiffin made a joke at the end. The last thing he said was, he said, you know, maybe they watched the – Maybe they watched the first half and I won't be number one anymore in response to Marcelo saying, you know, you're the number one candidate at, at, at Auburn. I don't know. I mean, he was trying to make a joke. I'm, I'm wondering if the joke fell flat. That joke only even sort of works if you're staying. If yeah. you're leaving, you're an asshole. And I don't, I'm not well, calling look, Lane. Either- I'm just saying in general – that's the way that's going to be taken. Not, I mean, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And look, if, if, if Lane leaves for Auburn, he's going to be hated. I mean, it just is what it is. And, and tonight will only cement that hate. And God only knows what Thursday night could do to it. Now, State can't do to Ole Miss's defense what Arkansas can do in terms of just run the football down their freaking throat. State's more limited than that, so probably going to end up being okay. But that you know, jokes in general after you were down forty-two to six are a little strange. Yeah, and Lane was doing that thing about seven hundred yards of offense, seven hundred yards of offense, seven hundred yards of offense, and it was just like, yeah, but come on, man. Well, in, in one week, I mean, over just being pissed off about the loss and not wanting to talk about yards. Oh, it's a great point, Chase. I didn't even think about that. I mean, that's um, the exact oh, question wow. he bristled about a week ago after Alabama. Literally, you know what went my mind when you said – literally, he jumped the kid that asked. Yeah. Um, it just makes you wonder what's on his mind. That's all. I mean, that's – because that's not that, – wow, I didn't even thought about that. You're right. You're right. Yeah, if he mentioned it one week times, ago, asked yeah. the, you know, one week ago he was asked about, hey, you know, in the past you guys have struggled to run against Alabama and you had some rushing success against them tonight. And he says, look, I don't give a shit about yards. And tonight, pretty obsessed with 700 yards. That's and they were chasing those yards late, man. Hey, and listen, Chase. You you get you're down you're not winning that game down forty two to six you're not winning that game, agreed. Well, yeah, I mean it would. I mean, yeah, sure. I mean it would take the miracle. So, so to, just to set up, to, so to set, to set up my point, you're not winning that game at forty two to six. If Quinshawn Judkins get, gets hurt tonight, or Jackson Dart gets hurt tonight, 
in the fourth quarter, feverishly chasing yards and points, and that cost you a loss against Mississippi State? Was it worth it? Of course not. I mean, it was kind of weird. Well, I mean, he was, like, I mean, what was that I mean, about? I mean, they were doing it in the last drive against LSU, too. I mean, that's been the dynamic all year. Yeah, and I know what it is, is we don't quit. We play to the final whistle. I, yeah, I get it. But against LSU, you still had a month of football left. Tonight, you played you played Mississippi State in five days. Who's been done since 2 o'clock Jackson. in a blowout loss where the guys played like 25 snaps. Yeah, Jackson Dart rolls an ankle real bad tonight. He's, he's not going to be able to go. That's, a, that's an odd decision. I mean, as I was watching it, I was like, this is, this is odd. And I thought, maybe this is just anger. Maybe this is ego. Maybe this is frustration. I, I, I don't know. But it was just interesting to me that that was the path that they decided to take. Yeah, I mean, you look at it here, just somebody asked. Judkins went for 214. Evans went for 207. Yeah. 40, I mean, 41 combined carries for those two. One average 8.9 and one average 12.2. Yeah. Meanwhile, Jackson Jackson got hit a lot. He did. I thought, you know, look, we're not going to say minutia here, and I'm going to let you go in a second. He – I thought Jackson, frankly, outside of the interception, considering they only had six points, I thought he played pretty well in the first half. I thought he gave them a chance. They just didn't get the pass interference. He missed a couple throws where he had guys all in his face. The pass protection has not been very good lately. I mean, he he was a gamer. I thought he did fine. He was not the reason they were chasing points and in the situation they were at that at that time. No, I agree. I mean – Pettis caused them more problems in the first half than anything. You know, like that first one that got called back, I think that was on Pettis. Yeah, you know, it was. I didn't, think it, I, didn't think it, I didn't think it was holding, but I'd been watching what was going on throughout the first part of that game, and he was, he was carrying out plays too long, and the officials were saying something to him. He kind of had lost his cool a few times. He'd gotten overly physical a few times at the end of plays, like right as the whistle was blowing and right after the whistle blew. And so they were watching him. He knew he was being watched. And on that play, that was one of those plays where at the end of the play, even though the ball had already left Dart's hands, it was a touchdown. He's throwing the guy into the ground and doing it. He kind of dragged him down, and, and they called it. I thought it was a bad call. But again, you you knew what they were looking for, and there it was, right? And that's just with him, maybe that's immaturity. But we're eleven games in now, and then I thought the second call was pretty clear hold on on Williams. Yeah, I did too. They, I mean, that was the one where it was a frustration from the first one. They got the call right on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They missed the two pass interferences. Arkansas's guy pushed off. And then yep. it was it was interference on on Arkansas down the field on that throw down the seam. Yeah, so, for sure. You know that's where uh, that's where that is. So, all right, we got a full week of it uh, coming up. Or I guess that's not really true, but we at least we'll be together on Monday and I guess Tuesday probably. We have not discussed that, but nonetheless, some podcasts coming from that standpoint. I guess you'll be on the road tomorrow, um, headed uh, headed back. Uh, I assume you're up for a few minutes, right? 
Oh yeah, I'm up. So feel free to call. I'll be up for. I'll be up. I'll I'll be up for at least two hours. Oh, you think so? Oh yeah, I'm. I'm, That walking in the cold right there was invigorating. I'm I'm wired. Gotcha. All right. Well, I will holler at you in a minute. But uh, appreciate the time, and we'll uh, we'll talk on Monday. You bet. Yeah. Was Neil McCready there? Um, Okay. Who's on the call? Hey, Chance, this is Justin from Jackson. How you doing? Justin, I'm all right. How are you? Good. Just wishing you a happy birthday, number one. Thank you. Um, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I got some hard-hitting questions for you. All right, number one. Is Resilient Revs on audiobook? I'm not a great reader. It will eventually, but no. Uh, Kindle edition comes out in like three weeks, and then audiobook is after that. That is where Word. we are, but it is not there yet. Awesome. Second question. Over, under, how many times do the Bianco bunt next year? 15. Oh, way under. He's not a bunter anymore. Wait. Okay. No, Okay. They only bunted like six all times right. the whole year. Well, it, you know, when it works, it works, huh? Yeah, it's outdated. Yeah, he will he, he, way under, way under. Wow. Love that. All right. Just want to give a shout out to the Taylor Top boys. Love you, Chance. Yep. Thanks. Good night. Good night. Line's still open. Take a couple more calls. Anybody has them? We haven't gotten quite a few hours yet. Skype's actually a little weird. I'm not really sure why. Who's on why? Hey, Chase. This is Austin from Pontotoc. Austin, how are you? Well, man, I'm doing pretty good other than my Rebels, but Anything else good other than that? I just had a quick question for before I went to be, went off the bed. Been a good show. Uh, I want to know your opinion. Why do you think it? Why do you think the fan base hasn't been? Or maybe not the fan base. Why is the narrative from Oxford right now so negative as far as Lane? But nobody really seems to be talking about the fact that the Grove Collective apparently has had a really really good couple of days. Why do you think that is? Um, I mean, I think this is just fresh. I think that would have absolutely been the main story had even even in a loss that didn't look like the loss looked like. I mean, I, I said this going in. I thought the Grove Collective news was the bigger story of anything that has happened over the last five days, including Kippen's dalliance with Auburn and whatever happens there. I mean, I the 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 fact that they have an NIL money that is that is relevant to the rest of the the, the conference um, for the most part. I mean, especially when you look at that AL.com story that comes out and says Auburn is, you know, their goal every year is $7 million for football. And Ole Miss, I mean, frankly, has a little more than that right now. Um, no, that, that that is the most substantial thing where no matter what happens, Ole Miss can still stay at the table and, and, and offer the next coach a lot of NIL opportunity and, frankly, a salary that is nationally elite at that point. Which is just really cool to think about. Um, I was just—it's just been odd to me that you know that's. It seems like because yeah, you've been saying it for the last few days, and I've been agreeing with you, and it just—it's odd to me that that hasn't been covered as much as I think it should be. Yeah. Well, there's a good point here that I mean, it was made in the stream. Yeah. I mean, I, I wrote it on Rebel Grove, but frankly, 
I mean, Chris Lowe never came back and corrected what he said. There's been no national narrative that Ole Miss has taken the jump that they have. I don't know if that's – I mean, we can put that – I mean, blame is not really the right word, but we can put that onus on whoever you want to, whether it be the collective itself to go put it out there somewhere, um, whether that's, you know, Ole Miss in some way, if that's just simply the reporters doing bad jobs. I mean, I don't know. It's probably all a little bit of everything. But the fact is there have not been a way – to this point, the narrative has not changed that Ole Miss is struggling. That 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 change has been completely different. Yeah, yeah. Turf now for 25 years. I've been an Ole Miss Rebel for 25 years. Just graduated last year. And let me tell you something. Um, I'm I'm pretty unbiased. I try to I try not to see through rose colored glasses. But I, I just feel like I'm speaking on behalf of most people here. For whatever reason, there is just a media bias against this school, and I don't know why, frankly. I mean, I, 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 have, an, I have an opinion. I just don't get it. And I just want to know, in your opinion, do you think we're getting out of that? Or do you think it is – or do you think – I know that's a deep question, a loaded question, but do you think that's kind of going away, or do you think we're still kind of stuck in that? Because watching the game tonight, it felt like that was still a thing. Just, just – I know it's loaded, but try your best with that. Tonight had a weird feel to it, but in general, I, I, yeah, I think it's coming out of it. I mean, you just have to win. I mean, you look at Ole Miss, and that's why I think Thursday is important to to beat State again, to put another on that, kind of put another log on that fire. To I don't even mean program separate, but just another season of winning and separating from that to some extent. You know, getting to nine or even ten with a bowl or whatever. I mean, at some point, win totals change that, salary change that. Frankly, Lane Kiffin has done a lot to change that. You know what I mean? I mean, it's been a lot of things where, yeah, it's look, it's been a process. Sports writers especially, it takes a lot to get them to change narratives. I mean, by God, they will go to the hill dying over something. I mean, if Nebraska has one good season, they'll act like they never left for 25 years. So, no, it just it, it takes time. But, frankly, money expedites that. What really matters are coaches and agents and players. And if you have the cash to do that, who really gives a damn what anybody else is saying? Right. And before I get off the phone, let you get back to it, because I know you're probably ready to go to bed like we all are. But, uh, man, hope you guys have a good rest of your weekend. Hope Neil gets home safe from Arkansas. Hope he got to see the kids. Uh, I hope I speak on behalf of most of us in the stream that he gets way too much hate for that. And uh, and I, I just – I'm sorry he does. And I just hope that – I hope he got to enjoy it. But uh, appreciate you guys. Have a good rest of your weekend. Absolutely. Thanks. Thank you. Who are we talking to? What up, Jason? Vibin'? Hey, Vibin, what's up? Oh man, I didn't even catch the second half. I literally tuned out as soon as I mean, what was the score at halftime? That was what? It was Arkansas. thirty-five to six. Oh God, yeah, that was brutal. I was at a uh, a friend's giving with a bunch of LSU fans, and everyone took Arkansas. I was the only one that's <laughs> it, it was pretty brutal, man. So Judkins had – I mean, they had a pretty good second half, though, right? I mean, they did, but they were down 42-6 to six when it started. But, yes, that is, that is correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Ole Miss had 703 total yards and lost by three, two, two scores. They had 700 total yards tonight? Uh, 703, yes. Jesus, I tries. That's that's kind of <laughs> insane. I mean, yeah, the, the the stat line is a little weird. I mean, they ran for four. 
Shit, where is it? 463. Ole Miss ran for 463. Judkins had 200. Evans had 200, right? That That is correct. Dart had 44. Yeah. Do you think they win the Egg Bowl next weekend? Or Thursday, I guess I should say. If they are healthy um, and the the game did, did not Did Craig play up, tonight yes, at all? Uh, not that I'm aware did of, but I haven't tonight? checked. N- not that I saw, but I haven't checked uh, snap count. Okay. I think they're going to win Egg Bowl. I don't know. This is This is such a weird spot right now. I mean – I've had so many people say, oh, Kiffin's staying, and then so many people be like, oh, Kiffin's leaning Auburn, that it's just between the cold and the fact that they had an emotional letdown because of last week, and then, uh, you know, Kiffin and the whole Auburn thing, I think they were just due for a bad loss. You know? Yeah. If that makes sense. Drew maybe has the better point in the stream. They were down 35-6 to six at half, despite having 330 yards at halftime. They had 330 yards, and it scored six points. Well, okay. The one play I did see, where which drove me crazy, was uh, Dayton Wade's touchdown. And they called a holding on Micah Pettis. That's correct. That was not a goddamn hold. It was not a hole. That is correct. It was not. <laughs> that, is, that, that is correct. It was. Not I mean, look, and I know the cute thing uh, in the Ole Miss fan base of Rebel Grove is to blame the officiating, but Jesus, that was. I mean, he just hooked his shoulders. He hit them. The red I mean, zone I mean, I issues lost the shoulders. game. The officiating yeah. combined with on, on on three plays that were not that one, or there was that including one of them, and then the the lack of red zone. Yeah, hundred percent. So, well, I didn't even watch anything in the second half. Yeah, I, I mean, as soon as I saw the score, I was like, "All right, I'm done." But you know, I'm happy to know that he's playing good. But, uh, you know, I knew Judkins was going to get his, and then uh, I'm happy to see that Evans, you know, ran for 200 yards. But, I mean, if you had to guess, what do you think the line is for uh, the City State Thursday? Mm, Ole Miss minus five. Okay, see, I have a bunch of Mississippi State buddies that said it's going to be like, Almost minus eight and a half, and I'm like, dude, there's no way. That feels a little high. I don't think it's given what's that, going on. That that feels super high. Yeah. I'm oh, grand. It's in Oxford, but I don't. Yeah, that's a lot. But yeah, my guess is around five. I just I feel like there's so you know part of my French shit going on with the program right now that you know if Lane was locked in, then you know it. You might be able to justify like over a touchdown favorite, but I don't know right now. Yeah, so, I mean it was a bad night. It was it was a terrible night, but um, yeah, I mean Jones had what two hundred yards, so he's got. Did he break the uh, single he, season record? He, he is now the yards and touchdown record holder for Ole Miss in a single season. There you go, guys. Um. 
1,300 and something yards and 16 touchdowns. I love me some Neil McCready, you know, but um, I hate Arkansas. That sucks tonight, but um, there you go. I feel like – because I'm not going to lie. All right, Mississippi State, they're they're decent against really bad teams. I feel like they have a really – hard time stopping the run against decent SEC teams. No, that's very true. They, 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 they struggle with that. They've been trying to run the ball a little more themselves. Um, it, it's not a bad matchup for Ole Miss. I mean, if Ole Miss is reasonably healthy and sharp, it's a pretty decent matchup. Ole Miss tackles okay in space. I don't even think it's, I mean, yeah, that, that's what I'm saying, Chase. I don't even think it, it's like a drop A thing. I just think you have to play, you know, disciplined defense and play your zones and then it's you know, and then the fact that it's in Oxford, like I mean, constantly get yeah. them into third and six, and then make a stop. That's it. Yeah, that's how you beat them. I mean, everyone does the Will Rogers thing, and the, to his credit, he's lit up the you know stat sheet. But I I just don't know if that translates against decent SEC teams. So I'm very yeah. curious to see how it. You know, it turns out, but I'm sure I'll call in. All right, appreciate you taking the call. Sounds good. Thanks. Have a good night. Who are we talking to? Uh, hey, uh, this is Tommy from Sylacauga. Uh-huh. What's up, Tommy? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I was just wondering, you know, like, how upset do you think Ole Miss fans will be when Quinshawn follows Lane to Auburn? Yeah, we talked about that. I'm, I'm, I've got a problem now where I'm getting so many. Who's on the line? Chase. Yes. Hey, man. It's Dan Jackson. What's up, Dan? How are you? Hey, I'm good, man. Hey, I don't. That's why, I, what you said earlier about the first half yardage, that's why I don't think it was a distraction. I do think red zone issues and then the penalties. When you take two touchdowns forward like that, that's, I mean, and then just snowball And the linebacker had game today. Troy Brown did not play well in the first half. Yeah, he and, was swimming. But I, I want, yeah, I thought he was out of scene yeah. and out of, out, of, out, of, out of spot several times. Yeah, he was. He he. I mean, he was running right, and the play was left, and it was just playing it down TV. But what I want to talk about is is the clownery that was the SEC Network tonight, mm-hmm. and what an embarrassment! What a, I mean, look, Ole Miss was an embarrassment enough on the field, but look, these games happen. People get beat. Look at Tennessee tonight. I mean, they're nine and one going for a playoff, and they get beat by South Carolina. It that you you lose games, and this stuff does happen, but. For that broadcast crew to act like they did, the whole game, they were in the stands eating popcorn with people. They were sitting on the bench trying to interview our kicker at one point. And at the end of the game, when they're sitting there holding the water for Auburn, when our coach, I mean, it's embarrassing. I mean, if that was on ABC, okay, you get a little bit. Maybe CBS, all right. I mean, these guys are SEC Network people. What are we doing? What What is this? I, I thought it was a really, really, really bad look. It was the only tweet I sent out the entire game was about that. I thought that 
given that it was SEC Network, given the whole situation, that it was it was incredibly poor form. Um, something that is is not there. Real real, real gear. I'll get to you in a second. I saw it. Um, you know, it, it's where if I'm Keith and I'm Ole Miss, I'm I'm, I'm pretty pissed because it was one of those deals where it's it, it you, you've got to at least say something at that point um and go hey look because i mean like i said it, it's just wrong i mean you chris lowe's tweet chris was not trying to cause the damage he did i mean he he's no, admitted he was being hyperbolic yeah that was my point and what well, he, he hasn't gone like there was never a hey no this was incorrect or this was whatever or anything along those lines i mean it just stuck right there and it, it has created a media narrative that ends up getting parroted on SEC Network at this point. Um, thanks for Super Chat, Real Gary. He says, Ole Miss rescinded the offer to – I mean, Oregon rescinded the offer to Crystal Ball when it was obvious. Um, would Ole Miss do that with LK at any point? Is there heat on him to sign before Thursday? There's heat on him just because it, if he thought he was staying or he was ever going to sign it, you sign it before Thursday because there's no reason not to. I mean, to me, if it gets anywhere close to Thursday, Ole Miss is not going to pull the term sheet. I, I, that, that would blow me away. But at the same time, it, it's pretty indicative that he's at least really, really, really considering some other offer because, I mean, you're, you're harming your own program you're trying to stay at otherwise. Nothing else nothing else makes sense. Sorry about that. Yeah, I, I think in the next 48 hours or something needs to come up, like you said earlier. I just I think the buffoonery is the word for the SEC network tonight was embarrassing, and it needs to be addressed. Yeah, I, mean, I agree with you. It was I mean, I, you know, a lot of it is just what they were doing anyway, but there at the end, it was really bad. But yeah, thanks. Appreciate the call. Yeah, I got to you. Sorry about that. I, I, I had a, I missed a couple. I think I'm trying to make that up to people as we uh, as we move forward. Um. Catch up in the stream for a second. Any last calls before we uh, cut this thing? Going a little over two hours here. Big crowd. I know we had a lot of Auburn fans in tonight. I could tell that. I was to the point that if like if grind, if you're still there and you were trying to call in, I was I was avoiding some Alabama area codes there at the end from the trolls. Just trying to pick Mississippi numbers for the most part. So I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I assume when that was the the town, that was probably where that was uh where that was headed. No, you're good, real gear. I appreciate you. No, no problems at all. Yeah, it's the next forty eight. It's something like that. I mean, I think that's right. I mean, again, anything else, and I mean, it's very indicative of what's going on there. I mean, that's no secret at all. So, all right, I think we've got a stopping point there. I know a ton are still in the stream. We're going over two hours. I think we've exhausted most topics. We'll be back with a uh, a normal week of podcasts for a couple of days. Again, Neil and I will figure out what um we'll figure out what uh what we're doing. I know Monday, probably Tuesday, and then kind of see what news dictates from that point. Now, Grind's not a troll. Grind's a good dude. He's with us all the time. He uh he, he's not he's he, he's been he's been calm in this endeavor at this point. So uh kyle thanks for super chat he says do you think kibluk was the main one pushing auburn in? no i mean I, I thought cole handed things handled, handled things pretty well i think it's just where the media went because there was like no there was no pushback on it at all i mean there was nobody to kind of fight it in any other direction it was it's become a weird talking point ever since chris sent that uh sent that thing it was it was strange to me so anyway thanks anil jeffrey all you guys for uh hanging out again arkansas winning 42 27 
over Ole Miss. Back with the Oxford Exxon podcast on Monday. This will be in podcast form as well tomorrow. So I hope you all be out a good night, get some rest, and we'll talk to you again very, very soon. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.